So, I'm 21 and you're 22. Yeah. Do you feel like an adult yet? Because I really don't. Uh, what's a tricky question? Are you sure this is legal? I don't know. It's fun though, isn't it? We just want to thank everyone for the feedback that we got on our podcast. Alex, I think it's amazing, like, the amount of people that actually engage with what we had made. Yeah, it's like you're going to start out anything and nothing is big overnight, but see the amount of support that our friends and family and people that have been listening to this have been sharing it on Instagram and things like that. It is so nice. We just want to say thank you so much. It really means a lot to us. And as well as that, our stats are actually a bit surprising. I thought this was sort of aimed towards the gays and the girls. But looking at our stats, it's almost 50-50, male and female. It is actually, yeah. I was quite surprised by that as well. Um, I guess our demographics are just anyone and everyone. So welcome along and we're glad you're listening. For this week's main theme to the episode, we are going to talk about being an adult. Adulting 101, as I like to call it. Play the Zoe 101 theme music. Zoe 101, iconic, apart from when Jimmy Lynn Spears got pregnant and the series ended. Your former co-star is now pregnant? Yeah. What? Expecting that? Expecting a baby. Yes. What do you think about that? Curious. Well, I really hope she makes more responsible decisions in her future because that's intense. Alex, get to the point. So, um, we have our segment. Like, do you ever get in Mean Girls when they're saying, trying to make something a thing, trying to make fetch happen? Well, we're trying to make hot or not happen, and guess what? It's happening right now. Oh my god, it's hot. Okay, so my first hot of the week is fantasy party planning. What does that mean? So basically, um... You know, I don't think we're going to get unquarantined anytime soon, but me and my housemates are planning the party already, so we're going to have it, not like end of the world theme, but coming out of the end of the world, so we're going to have shots and syringes, Right. we're going to make a bat with our like Halloween decorations to put in the smoking area so people can punch it, you know, get their bad vibes out. And everyone there is going to have to wear a mask and gloves. Like, we're going to go full out with this theme. And, yeah, look forward to that. Tell you what, I do love a good theme. See a themed party, I am all for it. It just gives you an excuse to just do something different. And that actually sounds pretty fun. So, is the whole theme of the hospital theme getting out of quarantine? So, that's what it's about? Yeah, it's just kind of like taking the piss at what we've kind of been through you know it has been a traumatic time so we're trying to see the funny side of stuff and have a good time yeah i love that like i know it has been such a bad time you need to laugh and have fun to get through everything 100 percent. and i'm so here for that and i hope that it is sometime in the future looks like we're being extended for another three weeks from what i've heard i don't know if that's the truth but yeah yeah we'll find out this sunday guys 100%. Well, my first hot of this week is that I finished my degree. Woo! Woo 
Yes, thank God. It feels like it's been 84 years. It's like that meme out of Titanic. It has actually been 84 years since I started doing my degree. It's been ups and downs. Um, finally got all my coursework done, submitted this week. Who knows what it's like? Who knows what it's good or if it's bad? But I tried my best and that's all I can say. That's what my family used to always tell me anyway. And um, you've been doing it for four years. Like, mm-hmm, yeah. you took a year out, didn't you? Yeah, so I, I took a year out to do a placement degree. Um placement degree I mean a placement year Uh, so it's a placement year within my degree and yeah I was doing video editing and creating videos for um this organization so it was really 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 fun and I actually did enjoy doing it and I got coin so I got money so that was good as well it's all gone now but um yeah that so it was actually four years which kind of is like making me think in the back of my head if I hadn't done that, I would have got a proper graduation. But you can't think like that, can you? No, you can't. And as well as that we've already said, we will do something for it. Yeah, I hope so. So what is your next hot of this week? So my hot this week is also my not rolled into one. Um, The other day, I went on my first proper, proper walk. Like, we walked to Morrison's, which is a 40-minute walk, you know, there from the house. And it was lovely, you know. My only issue is I was wearing a dress to begin yeah. with. So I thought we were just going to go to the corner shop up the street. And we're like, you know what? Take a wee detour. So I already have chub rub, which is... What is that? <laughs> it's just chafing. Like, if you're a chubby girl or guy, you know, you get it. Chub rub, not good. And then to make matters worse, I've got so comfortable not wearing a bra that... It took me 15 minutes to realise I wasn't wearing a bra. So Nick was like, do you want to walk back and put one on? I was like, you know what, we've made it this far now. Nope. Continue on. And then we get to Morrison's. I bought a bottle of vodka and didn't get ID'd. Oh, well, see, I would actually like that. Why is that a not? I get ID'd all the time and I'm fed up with it. Why are you not liking that? I just feel like she looked at my boobs and was like, you know what? (laughs) You're probably over 25. Oh, no, she didn't think that. I'm telling you what, you have a love-hate relationship with this bra business. First episode, you were happy that you weren't wearing a bra, and now you're not happy that you weren't wearing a bra. So... I think I'm just getting too comfortable. Like, it started a revolution, and if my mum knew, she'd slay me where I stand. (laughs) I'm not one of those girls that go out braless. I feel weird, but I've kind of embraced the life in quarantine, and you know what? I'll probably embrace it after quarantine. I can't relate, but you do you. So what's your second hot then? Well, my second hot is after a month of doing all the social media, recording everything, getting it together, writing everything, we finally launched our podcast. Our lovely fake audience, thank you so much. You have been great, even though you are not here because it is quarantine. We really appreciate you being here. Settle down, you in the back. (laughs) yeah i mean it's kind of weird we put out two podcasts that we filmed a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. so one of the critiques we did get was why are you not doing current topics yeah like well it was current at the time bitch we've recorded it in advance and uh yeah now that it is more current and it's gonna be out weekly it's a lot more pressure it is yeah well i actually like it i get more of a like thrill from it when it's closer to the time because yeah, I love doing definitely. live radio better than 
pre-recorded even though this isn't live I like doing it closer to the time so you can actually talk about something that's happening if you know what I mean so hopefully people enjoy that Mm -hmm. as well what's your not for the week then my not for this week is that I need to take something back from the first podcast that we did what do you mean so in the first podcast we were kind of slobbering about uh people that had shaved all their heads off like boys that are just shaving their heads off for the fun of it and posting it on social media well you know what i completely understand why they've got that point now because my not this week is that i need a haircut it is not even funny i really need a haircut i'm being serious oh jesus well then why don't you cut it yourself i have no idea how to cut my hair myself and see everyone that I see trying to do it themselves, it turns into a disaster and they just end up shaving it off. I am not doing that for love nor money. Well, you can hold off a couple more weeks. I seen Stephen Nolan give himself a haircut yesterday on Facebook Live and it was actually uh, what funny. What do you call it? A, I'm not giving myself a blend. A blend. I think you need, I think you mean a fade, Stephen. Yeah. Not a blend, <laughs> but nice try. And that is this week's Hot or Not. have your adult go-go juice at the ready i do have my go-go juice yes i love how you actually have proper red bull and i have the iceland version which is warrior we are on a budget to be honest honey well we will talk about budgeting how i went from warrior to affording red bull and 10 easy steps oh that sounds interesting it's one of them adverts well i'll tell you how i went from a thousand air to zero pounds in my bank account I used to be a broke bitch too. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's life at the minute, isn't it? Corona. <laughs> Gemma Collins. Corona, Corona. Oh my God, stop it. We will not mention that name on this podcast ever. Oh, why not? Do you want to explain? So whenever we were in school, and I'm, this is not a school episode, don't worry, I'm just giving this a uh, little tidbit here. So whenever we were in school and the story that we were talking about when Kiva was not coming into drama and when she did come into drama, she wasn't participating um, in any of the sort of exercises that we were doing. And at the exact- I'm fucking claustrophobic, Darren! Pretty much, yeah. So at that exact same time... It- it was the series of Big Brother Aaron that Gemma Collins was in and she was refusing to do any of the tasks. So I said to Kiva, you know what, you're getting on like Gemma Collins in this class and she took a bad. I did. And why did she take a bad? Imagine being compared to Gemma Collins. Piss right off. But you're a diva, that's what your nickname is, Diva Marie. Like. Yeah, and I will be suing her for royalties. <laughs> Anywho, back to the podcast. So, yes. Adulting technically starts from age 18, so what were you doing when you were 18? When I was 18, I think I always did feel like I was about a year older than I actually am, because whenever we were in school, I was a year younger than everybody else, technically, because I was one of the youngest in the year, if you know what I mean. So everybody... why did that make you feel older? Because everybody else had already turned 18. And I was 17 at the time. So everyone was having their 18th birthdays. Yeah. And I was, do you know what I mean? And everyone has got their ID, but I'm still trying to go out and I don't have ID. I can't go out. Do you know, stuff like that. But I always did feel like a year older than I actually was. So whenever I was 18, I had just finished school and fell straight into uni. Was not sure what I wanted to do. I definitely didn't want to move out 
and stay in halls. I was not ready for that. I just didn't feel ready, if you know what I mean. I don't know how to explain it. I just wasn't ready to live on my own. I know lots of people would love to live on their own, but I just, you know, I'd started a new relationship. Um, I didn't want to really move away. And I wasn't in, I wasn't a big partier either at the time, and I'm still not really. So it was kind of that. And that's where I was at 18, starting off there. What about you? 18, I was looking through the catalogue of unis, like, right, who's going to accept me? And it was just luckily, Aberystwyth was one of the places that I had put down for my original choices and they accepted me right away mm-hmm. like they're top of the list they're at a and yeah i was really excited to move out if i'm honest like i was a very rebellious teenager and no way were you i wouldn't thought that uh, of you when i hit 18 and i was told you have the opportunity to live away from home and it's technically free not really student loan but still I was like, I just got a shepherd on my back there. (laughs) Get me on that plane, get me out of here. And I actually feel kind of bad because it was my mum that brought me over to university. Yeah. And when we arrived on campus, she helped me, you know, put everything out in my bedroom. And all my friends that I hadn't met yet were texting me, like, oh, who's here? Who's here? And my mum was like, oh, do you want to go for a wee walk? I was like, hmm. But I want to meet my friends. Oh, oh, it's one of them awkward moments, isn't it? It's like a pure Lizzie McGuire moment when she, your mum's trying to obviously do the right thing and spend the last, last moments with you. But um, I feel so horrible, yeah. And you know what? I think she wanted me to have a good time because she did say, oh, I'm just going to go for a wee sleep. You go see them and we'll hang out in a Aww. bit. I know. That's actually really nice. But also do not regret uni at all. That's good, no, but I suppose in those first moments as well, it is important that you do meet all the people that are in your halls, I suppose, in the first year. I've never really gone through that, but I suppose that is an important process. You're matched in with these bunch of people you've never met before, and you're going to be living with each other for the next six months. Yeah. So, you know, I did want to make an effort with them, and luckily the people I lived with were lovely, and they were sort of like-minded as well, like we had a party our first night there so I was like yes I'm in the good flat but I do feel with Wick kind of just kicking my mum to the curb while she's crying and upset and I'm just like oh. party yeah um, I suppose I did have the option to move away as well because I'd applied for some unis over um, in England and then I got offered and then I freaked out and was like no I can't do it I can't do it so why do you think you weren't ready to do it? I don't know. I think it's more that I didn't have any desire to go over to England. I didn't have this big want to go. A lot of people want to go to uni in Liverpool and stuff. And I don't know why I never had that desire. I, I think I just am a really family person as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but even Coleraine, that's like a good what, hour drive away from Belfast. Like, why did you not live there? I didn't want, it was exactly what you just said, I didn't want to be matched with, you know, a bunch of people that I didn't know. I think it's different Mm -hmm. for boys as well, because see whenever you're me, and you're most likely to match boys with boys, and I didn't want to be matched with a lot of rugby-loving, you know, (laughs) macho, scary boys, like the ones that you just wouldn't get on with me, sort of thing, if you know what I mean. But 
probably that's probably just being paranoid as well. Uh, it's just a lot of fear like that. But I shouldn't have really been worried because I actually met a lot of boys like that at uni who were so nice. So many of the boys that mm-hmm. I met in uni that I would have been sort of turned off with being friends with thought oh, I'm not going to get along with them I actually got along yeah. with them so well like on the nights out because I still let it go on nights out whenever I visited my friends in um, their halls and yeah. I had the best time so maybe I maybe I could have in hindsight maybe I could have done it and it probably would have been better because I was travelling up and down and it was a mess to be honest with you I didn't drive at the time and it was two hours in the train two hours back it was a disaster so I look back and I think maybe I should have just bit the bullet and done it you did still get sort of a student experience living in your first student house, which is something that I hmm. never did. Yeah. We'll not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, living in my first student house was interesting. Um, I just think that I wasn't as into the partying as everyone else was, and that's okay. You know, um, I guess most students are really into partying, and I'm just not. I'm just a different character. So... <laughs> Yeah, I I think it just wasn't, it was kind of wasted on me a a bit. Maybe I should have just got that all out of my system, partying and stuff in the first year and lived in in halls rather than living in the student house in second year because it just turned into craziness with landlords and, you know, getting things fixed and deposits and oh, it was a mess. So I suppose what... Whenever, whenever you first moved out, what was the main things whenever you were officially an adult? Because I would say whenever you're moving out, you officially are on your own. What was the first things that kind of stuck out to you? Is like, oh God, I have to do this now. Oh, feeding myself. Yeah. I don't know, that sounds like really stupid. Like, no, my parents didn't cook for me all the time when I did live at home. I was a picky eater, so I would often have to cook for myself anyway. But what I mean by what I said is the fact that when you're at home there's always food in the cupboards you know and it magically just reappears so i remember (laughs) doing my first shopping and it was so daunting like it's still stuck in my head i was in little by myself i had this trolley and i felt like i was a four-year-old just carrying this trolley getting my groceries and i was like is the cashier gonna think i'm thick when I go to the checkout with like 50 bars of chocolate and one head of lettuce you know I was really confused I didn't know what to get so I bought like a lot of fruit and a lot of fridge stuff but then I also realized food goes out of date really quickly yeah so yeah shopping was definitely a weird experience for me um that is one thing that stuck in my head like okay maybe i am an adult now (laughs) yeah i completely overbought in my first shop because i did it online and i think there was like a 40 pound limit or something that you had to get to actually get delivery so i just overbought and i was like oh yeah sure i'll eat that i'll eat 200 packets of turkey dinosaurs slight exaggeration Mm -hmm. but you get the point and yeah I think when you first get your student loan as well you're living like a king for the first two months ordering everything especially in your first Mm -hmm. year and then the money runs out and you are surviving on pasta and sauce and super noodles and I know that's such a student cliche but it is so true especially when you get your student overdraft did you get an overdraft Alex? I was really against getting an overdraft because you know obviously because my dad works in financials and all that carry on yada yada Mm -hmm. yada um 
he kind of had me warned and about stuff like that and I've always been quite good at it myself trying to manage money in a way I've just been really conscious of you know see anything you do it can affect you in the future so I was scared of an overdraft as well and plus if I got an overdraft I would have absolutely tore through it and got myself in a mess so that's why I was scared to do it what about you that was a big lesson for me in first year I don't know what was going through my head but I just bought the stupidest shit like I live in this tiny little halls room it's the size of a hallway and I bought myself an exercise bike an 80 quid exercise bike just for the sake of I've an overdraft of student loan let's do it let's interior design and yeah it was just a ball ache it had to be carried up three flights of stairs and I got the boys to make it for me and then when it came to the end of the year they were like so what are you doing with it and I was like uh, I don't really know I barely even used it it was a glorified hanger if anything I was gonna say you know me and you are not into the gym or exercise at all so I cannot imagine you using an exercise bike frequently because I know I wouldn't be I was just trying to live my Elwood's fantasy <laughs> when she's studying and doing her wee runs yes so you know it worked for a wee while and then I remembered that's not gonna happen like first year because I was doing my own shopping I think I got up to my heaviest which was like 16 stone so the bike was really no help at all I suppose that's another point of becoming an adult you have you also have the power to buy yourself any food you want or normally mm-hmm. if you were living at home yeah we're, we are aware it sounds so millenni- millennial right now or I hate that word I really hate that word but anyway I'm just going to say it we do yeah. sound like that in terms of oh all the food just appeared in the fridge and everything yes we know mm-hmm. that's what happens to anyone growing up I suppose if you know their parents are buying food and the groceries and stuff whenever you first have the power to eat anything you want you are eating the biggest load of rubbish I still do. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. But I've wised up a bit now. Like, in first year, you sort of... Well, in my case, I had to learn to cook. And at that point, we had, like, all the utensils. We had, you know, the microwave, the oven. And I know that's, like, Kiva, that's normal shit. I live in a student house now. I'm not a student anymore. But we don't have a toaster. We don't have a microwave. And you know what? I'm actually thankful for it because I think that's how I put on so much weight in first year, just eating shitty micro meals and getting drunk all the time. Yeah, I think that I need to get into that as well in terms of cooking my own food because I've really just never got into that. I just... See, I always wait until I'm super hungry and then I cannot be bothered on sitting making this big meal that takes about two hours to make. I just need something that's quick and is easy and I need to get past that 100% but Marcus he is uh, really starting to cook and stuff now so I suppose I'll just eat his food that he cooks for me. Yeah I do enjoy about cooking because you know you feel like you've earned your meal and you know again with the lockdown everyone's got so experimental and I showed you a photo of the salted chili chicken I made because it looks so good really looks so good. It was so nice and that's like a good part of adulting like I wouldn't have bothered doing that in first year but you know I've kind of grown up since then. 
100%. So let's talk money. Money, money, money. Money is a huge part of adulting, I think. God, you know, I actually sat out the other day and worked out how much debt I'm in at 22. Really? Do you want to know the ballpark range? Okay. Over 42,000. What? Yeah, because obviously I went to university in Wales, so that's my oh, grand year. Oh, student- you, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you really scared me there. I didn't know you were including student loans in that, and I was about to go crazy. I was like, what are you talking about? Do you think I'm some drug lord? I thought you'd taken out like a second mortgage or something or a first first mortgage. I don't know. I thought you'd. I was like forty two grand. What have you been spending? I wouldn't be living in Wales if that was a case. I know. So, Sorry. Go ahead. My whole uh, debt. I just want to say, you know, as I stand right now, how much debt do I have? Over forty two grand, which is bloody mental. Like that is mostly student loans but Mm -hmm. i'm slowly you know clearing out my overdrafts um i think they were very helpful to have while at university but i can see how people get stuck in like a really hard cycle of trying to get out of that 100 percent, yeah i suppose student loans are a funny thing because even though they are a loan they are a debt they're not actually something that you have to pay back until Mm -hmm. you're earning a certain amount and even when you do start earning a certain amount it will just be deducted from your wage almost like Mm -hmm. a tax so it's not as daunting as people think as much as it is horrible and I I do think that the student loan system needs to be changed and not get political and too serious but um, it's not as bad as people think do you know what I mean? But yeah big time well the likes of overdraft and stuff is something that that's not something that you're as soon as you pay that and as soon as you take that out in credit cards you have to pay that back so that's something that Mm. needs to be with more urgency i suppose yeah i've not got myself a credit card because at the moment i don't have the need for one i do live in my overdraft when i moved to wheels for a fourth year my parents did say if you're moving here you're going to be able to afford it yeah like you're going to be able to look after yourself yeah and i was like yeah yeah it'll be fine it's grand and then i got to like the max of my overdraft and i would have like 20 pound wiggle room per month Mm. but then i did get a more stable job with more stable income so i've ended up clearing most of the debt that I had which is amazing and it's only recently like I have been in that for over a year and it's only now that I'm getting close to being back in the green. Yeah I suppose that's probably the difference as well between living still here and living in Wales in a sense because it was a lot more expensive for you to be moving out on your own obviously I I, you know still live back home now and I don't have those expenses so even though I'm sitting here saying oh well I don't have an overdraft I probably didn't need to because I was still working and I didn't have a great the great expense of moving to a whole other country having my own rent and everything so I think it's important to stress that as well yes it's probably not great to get an overdraft but it's not that option you know if you need to use something like that you need to use it and it got to the point where I started to need, need to use a credit card as well like freely open yeah, about that I- did really worry me like the amount that I was in and Mm -hmm. a few experienced proper adults you know said to me Kiva wise up you know everyone has their debt yeah 100% in the overdraft so 
it's kind of chilled me out a bit as long as you're smart with it and you're putting money in 100 percent. like i am sure that i will be in my overdraft when i actually have a house and proper expenses to pay and things like that i am just mm-hmm. trying to keep things at a minimum at the minute until i get things together a stable job a stable income because yeah. i'm just trying to be really sensible because i don't want to mess things up in the future in terms of getting loans out and paying them back I think that you know that Klarna thing mm-hmm, I yeah. think that is so dangerous I have so many friends um, in uni and you know in jobs and stuff that I've worked that they've used that Klarna app to buy stuff off JD and they forget to pay it and they just completely forget about it and it's so glamorized and promoted by mm-hmm. celebrities I think it's so dangerous like it's just glorifying debt you know pay this later you know you do, and then you it kind is. of forget about it's it. Very risky. I agree. It's like you're taking a chance because you might not get that money next month to pay it. I mean, I too use Kalarna. I'm not gonna lie because if you want a bunch of clothes, thirty pounds, they're like, oh, well, you can have it for a tenner today, a tenner next month, a tenner the mm-hmm. month after, and you're like, oh, that sounds amazing. Like, it's nothing. It's ten pounds. But then there's months where you know you have lots of income going out. And you're like, oh shit, I'm so skint, I don't have enough to eat, but you know what, it'll be fine, I can work with it. And then that extra tenner comes out, and you're like, shit. Yeah, I am speaking from experience as well, because I got a credit card, my first credit card, just because whenever I turned 18, I got a letter from the bank saying that I would be pre-approved for a credit card. Yeah, inviting you into their VIP shark lounge. Yeah, it was like you are, you know, you. this is the offers you would be approved for, for loans, and they sent you a big booklet and stuff. And there was booklets there warning you because legally they have to do that. And mm-hmm. I just thought, well, I'm a grown-up now. I can have a credit card. Let's do it. See, to be fair, though, I have been pretty good with it, apart from a couple of stages where... I was just buying clothes for the sake of clothes and I had jobs that I thought I was getting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure, well, I'm working here next month and I'm working there next month, so I'm just going to order all these clothes for a night out on my credit card and um, I'll be able to pay it back because I'm sure I'm a pretty sensible person, aren't I? I'm going to be able to pay it back. And then the job yeah. falls through or they don't pay you properly mm-hmm. or whatever and you're like, yeah. okay, I am now in £400 worth of debt because I bought stuff off Amazon and clothes because I thought I was going to be able to pay it out of my wages. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's my experience with that. So that's why I don't like those pay later things. It is a very daunting subject, but to bring it back up lighter, here is the ultimate are you an adult question. Okay. Do you make dentist and hospital appointments by yourself? Yes, I make all my appointments by myself now. Oh, she's an independent lady. She is, but they still text. No, no, I don't get. They still text my mum. Oh, really? Yeah, my dentist will still text my mum saying, "Your son, Master Alexander, or whatever it is." I'm sure they don't say that, but that's what they used to say in the text. Yeah. And and then I'll get a call from my mum being like, "You're you have a dentist appointment tomorrow," and I'm like, "Yes, I know. I booked it myself." So, what about you? Do you I- make all your appointments? I do. I have went to a few doctor's appointments by myself and yes. one time for me, which was really traumatising, but I wish I had my mum, was when I went to get the IUD. What's an IUD? So it's like a little dangly coil that they stick inside your vagina permanently. 
well, until you take it out. Uh, oh my to, god! You know, keep you safe from the old baby juices. Oh my and god! Luckily, I had my best friend Kelsey with me. Um, she wasn't there to hold my hand, which was traumatizing. But yeah, went to the doctors, and it was actually really traumatizing. She was like trying to talk to me about Northern Ireland, and I was like. Yeah, you know, there's a mix of the Protestants and Catholics. Oh, fuck, that hurts. You know? <laughs> yes. I would have loved to have had my mum there mm-hmm. to hold my hand. But again, adulting. And technically, it wasn't even proper adulting. Kelsey was my mum that day. She held me. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the same. Not really the same thing. But whenever it's a major thing, you do still want your family with you or something. It's mm-hmm. like whenever I got my tonsils out. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, we had a fight. We had a fight that day in school, and I had been on the waiting list for months to get my tonsils out. I was like, "This is not happening," you know, whatever. And then I think the teacher was like, "Alex, your mum was rang in. You're getting your tonsils out today in class. Do you remember mm-hmm. that?" And yeah. I was like, "What?" There was a cancellation. I had to do it, and I was glad that my mum was there and that I was able to recover in the house and. She was bringing me ice cream and stuff. And it's times like that where no matter what age you are, it is nice to have your family and your friends taking care of you, I suppose. No matter what age you are, even mm-hmm. if you were 30s, 40s, 50s, I think it's still nice to have someone there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I remember that day so clearly. We were in media studies mm-hmm. and we were just giving each other dirty looks the whole class. And yes. our teacher, Joanne, yes, we called our teachers by their first names, uh, was like, okay, Alex, uh, you're off to get your tonsils done. And she kind of looked at me and I just you know gave a blank expression like no and then you were like right okay got your stuff and left the room and she was like oh Kiva go give him a hug I was like fuck sake fine and then ran out and gave you a wee hug that's so true I I see straight after that I made my mum take me to the shopping centre the abbey centre because I was like see the pyjamas and the loungewear I have it is horrific I said mum I am not wearing what I have to the hospital I need to go to the Abbey Centre and get new pyjamas and loungewear so that's what I did before I got my tonsils out mummy can I have a (laughs) unicorn yes but I wanted a golden ticket (laughs) (laughs) so I think that has been adulting 101 so that was just a little dipping our toe in the waters of how we are beginning to become adults we have a lot more to talk about i think this should be maybe a recurring a two-parter, thing definitely. yeah 100 percent. so now on to our media picks of the week So we all know that I am obsessed with showbiz, pop culture, media picks, and that's why I forced Kiva to let us do this segment every week, media picks. I like the media picks, it's when we get to the celebrity drivel, I kind of tune out. Everybody loves it, I don't care what people say. See whenever you see an article and it's something shocking about a celebrity, it's a guilty pleasure for people. They don't want to admit it, but it is. Sure, Jan. My first media pick of the week is actually a YouTube series, which I think may have been cancelled for now due to Miss Rona, but it's called Brouhaha. So me and my houses were having a drink last week 
and we were looking for drinking games on YouTube and it was just, you know, your standard shitty never have I ever and drink at this vine sort of vibe. It wasn't anything good. But then we came across this comedy show which is interactive for the people watching as well as the people there. It's like a comedy event and there's three comedians. So there'll be a sober comedian, a tipsy comedian and then someone who's absolutely shit-faced and, you know, they have to do this set and there's all these rules like if they talk about relationships the audience drinks if they talk about sex the audience drinks you know it's really good it's really fun and some really good comedians there is only two episodes up as of now but it's really good for quarantined drinks this reminds me of piccolo that our friend who we knew was listening lauren is obsessed with piccolo i love it oh my god every single party piccolo if people don't know what that is it's a drinking game that you download as an app and you enter all the names into it and it will come up with rules and things that you have to drink on we did it in when i came over wales the last time didn't we or yeah we did indeed and surprisingly you actually drank the shots because you straight up refused the dirty pint yeah they have this thing in the middle of the table where they pour everyone's drinks into it and at the end if somebody's name comes up or i think that's kings or whatever anyway somebody has to drink this horrible drink that is a mix of people's beer vodka rum and i'm sorry but i'm not doing it and i have no uh you know shame in saying that i don't want to drink it so i'll not drink it what's the point of me being sick before the night out even began pussy do not call me that <laughs> so my first media pick of the week is a documentary on BBC iPlayer from BBC Three, and it's actually really good. It's called Banged Up Boys. Alex, don't be putting your porn petals out on our podcast. Ha ha ha. That was so not predictable. I just gave you that one, didn't I? That was just an easy shot. <laughs> so Banged Up Boys is not an inappropriate series. It's a series about um, a prison in Northern Ireland called Hydebank and it focuses on uh, young offenders 18 to 21 and they are the men of the prison. I kind of wish they delved into the women of the prison as well. I think that would have been interesting but it's Stephen Nolan who's hosting it who is a Northern Ireland what would you call that? A polarising character? One of those people who you love him or you hate him? Yeah, he's definitely a Marmite man. But it was a really good series because when I watch documentaries like that, obviously I experience it to be gritty and the people are horrible, but it really gives me another perspective into people who end up in those situations because there's some people out there who haven't had the best start. Do you know what I mean? We're very lucky that we've had a good start. A lot of people don't have any parents, don't have any family or anything like that. It's not an excuse to offend, but it just it does show you a little bit behind what's going on in their head as well. Big time, like, as you know, for my final uni film, I actually made a documentary in Northern Ireland in the McGabry prison. Um, Luckily, I was able to get access there and I met these men and controversial opinion, but they were so lovely. I mean, I was in there with my dad and my dad did warn them, you know, lads, best behaviour, but they were gentlemen and you can tell that they've just not had the best start in life and that's why they're doing these programs, you know, to get better. But I also see when they get on the outside, why they reoffend because, you know, they go back to their old lives, their old groups. It's horrible. I actually 
seen one of the guys who was a main focus in my documentary drunk out of his mind screaming abuse at gay pride yeah which i was kind of shocked to see and on top of that one of the guys in my documentary who was absolutely lovely i found out had died as soon as he got out of prison overdose that's horrific i agree with you there was one guy in the documentary who he didn't know where he was going straight after he was being released so people would mm-hmm. normally be excited when they're being released he was terrified in the sense of he had to go straight to the housing executive to get somewhere yeah. and he didn't want to be he didn't want to be put in a hostel because then he'd be surrounded by drugs and alcohol and all those temptations would come running back but you have to look at it from both sides it can't we can't just say oh we understand we do i think it's more of opening your mind to things and understanding but the programs like that must be hard for the victims to watch as well of the crimes yeah 100 percent. Like, like no way are we excusing anything that's been done it's just it gives you a perspective on you know both sides of the story is all we're kind of saying yeah if you do the crime you do the time like i wasn't allowed to be told what crimes they had committed mm-hmm. i did my own research with public knowledge you know kind of looking to see in the newspaper sort of thing and some of the guys had done really horrific things yeah and if I was a victim of that, you know, of course, you'd be angry, you'd be outraged. But at the same time, they are going to come out at some point. Would you not rather them come out a different person? 100%. And there was some people in it who just, you know, that they weren't even given any regret or anything. So there's both sides of the table. Yeah. There's both sides of the table. By the time one of the guys I actually interviewed... In prison, I caught up with him um, a couple of months after. He got early release for good behaviour and he was like, you know, a very low offender. It was something very minor that he was in for. Um, It wasn't like a crime that was hurting anyone, if you get me. Mm -hmm. But he actually did really well for himself after the programme that he did. Uh, He came out, you know, he sorted his own house. He was working a proper job, you know, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see that he could change his life around. He said being in there and doing the program that he did helped him. Hundred percent. Well, that got a bit deep, but do you have another media <laughs> pick for us? Yeah, to make things a bit brighter, I guess. Actually, you know what? It's not going to be brighter. It's going to be doom and gloom. <gasps> Amazon Prime have taken off Ugly Betty when I had about six episodes left. I'm oh, absolutely no. human. Yeah, I'd watched all five seasons and I didn't even get to the good episode where they have Shakira. Wow. You look amazing. Hips don't lie. Don't do that. Sorry. I am gutted. I think that me and you are like Mark and Amanda from Ugly Betty because that just reminds me of us every time I watch it. It really does. I don't think we were as horrible. No. But Just the vibe. You know definitely the vibe yeah 100% so my next media picks is just a guaranteed eye roll from Kiva the new series of the real housewives of Cheshire has returned to ITVB Kiva Marie has left the podcast the show has followed the lives of the glamorous wags and businesswomen in Cheshire's golden social scene and the drama is just great every week I love it it's such a good reality show it's trash tv and it's fun to watch what yeah well they're back for their latest season so you know what kiva as much as you don't like it people must be watching it because 
it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back every year. Shall we go on to your celebrity thing of the week? <laughs> Don't be slobbered about my celebrity thing of the week because you, you get to come up with your own celebrity facts and things of the week and you do enjoy it too. Don't even lie. Low-key though. Exactly. So my celebrity fact of the week is that Oprah Winfrey has a bathtub that's shaped like her own body. That's right. When you're Oprah, an ordinary bathtub is just not something that you need to do. You can have something custom made from marble and onyx hand-carved materials. So there you go, shaped like her body and it's also been made wide enough to fit in another person. There you go. How about that? Do you have a celebrity fact of the week? Well, I don't think we can ignore Adele's first post of 2020. Oh my god. Everyone's talking about it, aren't they? It's kind of strange how someone can just post a photo and they've lost weight and it just breaks the internet, as Kim K would have said back in the day. It kind of pisses me off, the people that are on the bandwagon, like, oh, she was beautiful beautiful before, why did she need to lose all that weight, blah, 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 blah. If she wants to lose weight, fucking let her, let her live her best life. And it's kind of inspiring like the photos of her 10 years ago she was 22 i'm 22 now so if i look that like that at 32 you know i'm gonna be buzzing there you go yeah suppose it's sort of that culture today where everything starts a debate everybody has to have this huge oh, big opinion yeah. about how something's right or how something's not right at the end of the day the way i, I see hate it people that have opinions and put it all over social media even make podcasts about it like oh, see people think they can just make a podcast out of nothing and they're not even famous they're the worst i know hashtag cringe exactly pure cringe who are who who even are they but um I think that when it comes to Adele, it's her body. She can do whatever she wants. If she wants to lose weight or if she wants to gain weight or if she wants to do anything, just let her. At the end of the day, I don't think it really concerns anybody else. And I don't think there's anything wrong with praising people for how they look. We're not saying that she was bad looking before. People are just praising, saying she looks good. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Love our wee Adele. We Adele. See, every time I think of Adele, I just think of that meme of her with the flip-up phone. Yeah. I love that one. But I think that is about it for episode three. What do you think? I think you missed a minute detail. So, for future episodes, we will keep it tight-lipped, but we do have some exciting stuff coming our way, and that's all I'll say on that. We are becoming those people who are trying to say that they have something coming up but they can't talk about it i hear people do that did we not do that for like a whole month with this podcast yeah we didn't tell anybody about it then we just like released it but i can't with people when they're like oh something really exciting coming out but i can't talk about it and then it's like a range of bed sheets well the exciting news is i'm dropping my co-host and going solo in my podcast career thank you for listening i've been kiva I've been Alex and apparently I've just been sacked. See you later. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please leave us a five-star rating or just whatever you feel like on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, bandfrombroadcast at gmail.com. And yes, we still are running our Instagram and social media. Everything is, you guessed it, banned from broadcast.